Hey everyone and welcome to Eco Freako. This episode is being released in the wake of Black Friday and it felt right to me to reflect on the effects of Black Friday on us and the planet. I was inspired to delve deeper after an evening scrolling through Instagram where I stumbled across a post calling out fast fashion brands such as Pretty Little Thing and Boohoo. They are infamous for their contribution to fashion waste through promoting the overconsumption from events such as Black Friday. I invited the lovely Liz, who inspires me with her love of all things vintage, to investigate the effects of fast fashion on the planet and ways we can fight back on a personal level with consideration to our own individual circumstances. So, Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode of Eco Today we are speaking to the wonderful Liz who I met through the amazing vegan community in Manchester and she is a very big part of that and I always watch what she's up to. Um, I want to speak to Liz in the wake of all of the Black Friday overconsumption that has happened in the past week as she is a real advocate for buying secondhand or upcycled clothes and she is very trendy and I love her style so it would be really interesting to get an insight into her ideas around fast fashion, why she does choose to go down this route of buying more secondhand clothes and vintage. So without further ado, welcome Liz. Hello and thank you for such a, a lovely introduction. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm absolutely buzzing to be asked. So uh, hello, hello everyone. Hello. Oh, it's amazing to get to have a catch up with you because it has been a while since we've been able to see each other. But um, yeah. I know that you are very keen to have a chat about, I mean, when you get into it, there is a lot of fast fashion related news at the moment with Black Friday just happening a few days ago. Um, what Have you got any thoughts on, on Black Friday? Do you join in with that kind of thing or are you against it? Um, I think there's quite a lot to unpack with Black Friday. Um, so... On the one hand, I think it's not the worst thing in the world for people to be able to have the opportunity to buy things a little bit cheaper. So if you were going to buy something anyway, then it's kind of like, well, you're just cutting off your nose to spite your face if you wait to do it when things are more expensive. If you know it's going to be a bit cheaper to do it on Black Friday, you know, from a, I suppose, point of view of, of being able to have accessible things for everyone yeah crack on go for it but I think the problem is is it, it it does kind of really push that like I don't know capitalist consumerist agenda as well which is like that we need to consume we need to buy more and it it, it kind of feeds into that weird little uh, I suppose like loop that we have in our heads where we buy something and it makes us feel better for a second and then you just start the whole you know cycle again really so I, I don't think I'm I'm not anti-Black Friday, but I think it's it's the extreme that it gets taken to and the culture behind it that I think probably needs to be addressed. Mm. I think that on a personal level, it has to be a lot of... Um, you have to deal with the psychology of materialistic things not being part of your agenda because I found, like, in lockdown, but maybe because of financial issues or whatever, I was trying to find more joy in little things rather than buying something mm. new giving me the validation I was looking for because like you say if you buy 
if you buy a new outfit or whatever it only lasts for a, a few hours days that kind of feeling of joy that you've got this new item and then it wears off again or you wear it and then you're like oh that's it now not interested yeah. so I think it's it's hard to put to rely on an object to give you that kind of satisfaction and Black Friday feeds on that the need to mm-hmm. get something to get it now to get it cheap or you'll miss that opportunity it's a very like buy now regret it later attitude mm-hmm. um like I say though I'm not fully against Black Friday because there are things I've bought that I needed and I'm like oh well if you, you may as well get it cheap while well, you can like you say but a lot of the stuff I think today that we need to discuss is to do with like the plt advert that i saw for 100 percent off 100 percent. how is that I mean, like who is paying the price for that really you can't well, just no just... that's the problem isn't it anything anything like that i think you've just got to think if it, with any anything and whether that's fashion or whether it's any any of these things that you buy if the price is too good to be true mm-hmm. the cost is somewhere else that cost is hidden somewhere else further down the line whether that's the planet the per- the people who are making it you know all sorts of re- ways that you can pay for things and it's just if it's too good to be true then it is usually 100% off how are you you know how is that a sustainable business model it's not there's something's wrong there isn't it something's rotten there yeah 100%. no it doesn't make any sense and I know I was reading before we started the podcast that according to last year's figures of black friday consumption 80 percent of it ends up being thrown away after one use or not even any uses at all because you're just so caught up in that whirlwind that you just buy 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 whether you even need it or not and i think with people if they're giving it away so cheap there's no you've got no personal liability to that garment that you even care what happens to it but i think from our research that we've been doing (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot that we can say about what actually does happen to it that we've that even we didn't know and it's not until you actually make the effort and learn that it's that it becomes obvious because these big brands obviously don't want you to know that side they don't want you to have a conscience about how you shop because they're feeding into our insecurities that you need to look good that you need this item to validate you so I think it will really help to to get into the nitty-gritty of what we can do to trying to avoid that and why we should so I know that you are even wearing today a lovely outfit that I don't know where you got it from you can maybe tell us but I know you wear um, hand vintage so I've got I've got today um I'm just gonna do top half because that is the 2021 way is top half <laughs> and the bottom I've got pajamas on pandemic life so the top is I've got a t-shirt and a hoodie actually I'm repping I'm double repping um park your clothing which is not well they were new garments when I got them but they are like a basically like a vegan activist charity that um basically they you can return your garments when you're done with them and they can recycle them they use all like um eco fabric water-based inks obviously a lot of their um profits they they put in towards like animal sanctuary so there's that I mean again always pushing the vegan agenda like can't stop won't mm-hmm. stop anyway but they're, <laughs> their clothes are actually really nice so I've got like a hoodie a nice little hoodie and a t-shirt there and then I've got this lovely like faux Versace um shell suit that I bought from a vintage shop in York um and it's just the most like ostentatious over the top jacket ever and I I'm I'm here for it to be honest so love a shell suit me I just can't can't 
see a good shell suit is getting bought um obviously and that the best ones are the vintage ones anyway so that actually plays in quite well to the uh the second hand and then i've got my little hair bow which i also got in a vintage shop i've actually got a matching skirt that goes with it so yeah going for a bit of like dot cotton kind of um meets pat butcher realness today with uh, <laughs> with my yeah yeah <laughs> i do love the jacket it does really stand out i mean it's nice when when you wear something a bit out there you do get more compliments on it as well and then that's when you can bring up the whole conversation well actually it's vintage which is nice a hundred percent i would say like there's there's multitude of reasons that i buy vintage that i buy secondhand um and i would say probably and this uh, what this says to me as a person I am a vain little harpy at the end of the day and the idea of being able to not bump into someone when you're out and about who's going to be wearing the same outfit as you you can get some of my absolutely I like to call them like statement pieces I love them because I've never seen anything like it they're like one of a kind or maybe not one of a kind when they were made but now they're so rare you know you pick them up and you're not going to see someone wearing the same thing and um, they are statement pieces, you know, you compare them, you know, wear them again and again, but you compare them with different things. And they are, they're, they're always the ones that get the most compliments. And because I love that little, you know, you still get that little dopamine hit of buying something. If you if you do want to buy something, you know, for a vintage shop or charity shop or whatever, but you also get that kind of, you know, people say, and they like something that you're wearing. Why else would we even bother to put clothes on if we didn't care about that? Like, I just feel like there's definitely a vanity agenda and you know we should be able to cater to that and it's difficult isn't it I think we you know that kind of desire to look good everyone has that and anyone who doesn't have that I feel like is is playing that down a bit because I feel like it shouldn't be like your main thing in life it shouldn't be your main thing that you strive for but everyone likes to be told that they look nice or that you know it's human nature at the end of the day yeah definitely and I think that it's a good point to bring home that you're going to shop vintage doesn't mean you're going to look like some bag lady like you're still yeah. going to look nice because I think it can be like oh well fast fashion don't buy that but then everything else is a terrible alternative and it's going to look horrible it's not on trend mm-hmm. but I think that like a lot of my wardrobe I'd say I can remember wearing stuff in uni or in college it's like ten, if it still fits me I've still got it basically it's 10 years old mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. and it's sort of timeless stuff that you can keep wearing it doesn't look like it's aged I mean there are some yeah. things with like PU leggings or things with cutouts in that just you like that's that's done I can't wear that now but then you don't have to necessarily get rid of it you can just keep yeah, it yeah. out when it's when it's time I mean like we're in the 90s again now aren't we 30 yeah. years it's back yeah that's what I mean this is this is another thing I'm like if I continually wear like at the moment I'm like in a bit of a y2k vintage phase I'm like if I just wear a load of y2k vintage stuff people won't realize that I was around the first fucking time do you know what I mean people will be like she must be so young and youthful <laughs> no <laughs> this is my second time at the rodeo guys <laughs> now you know which trends work because I remember growing up in the 90s and being like this is god awful do you know when you look back on your like childhood photos you're like what, yeah. what were you thinking why have you put me in that it's disgusting yeah, like yeah. Diamante's here and on your jeans you know when they yeah. had like pink bits on them and they were dyed and they're just oh, you know, yeah yeah the best bits have, have, have come out around there. Exactly. Yeah. It's like a cherry-picked version, which is always yeah. nice for throwbacks. And then if you've already got it in the in your wardrobe, you set. Boom. Smash it out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So in terms of 
your relationship with buying vintage second hand do you have you been doing that for a long time like could you remember when you first got into it or has it been like part of your life since you were younger so yeah it's, it's always been a massive thing for me really um so I'd say probably a lot of my inspiration for that kind of thing comes from my mum because when we were well when me and my sister were a bit younger we it wasn't we didn't basically have that much money in terms of my parents always were like looking to to save money where they could um and I love a bargain and I get this from both my parents so like you know I'm prime for this I absolutely hate food waste as well so like I'm that person who's going to Tesco's just before they put all the yellow stickers on everything um and, and getting you know the bargains that that's something I get from my parents and it's just a habit that I kind of fell into you know my parents used to take me to like car boot sales every Sunday so like if I wanted to pick you know toys that I wanted I'd have my pocket money and it would be up to me what I could buy but it would all be second hand um, and I used to love that I used to love going haggling haggling with people on stalls and that, that kind of thing and then I suppose charity shops fell into that as well really um, so I mean I feel like back when I was a kid it wasn't as um there was more of a stigma I think towards shopping at charity shops now I think it's quite cool you know kids these days they're all on Depop they're all charity shopping charity shops have kind of you know a lot of them have got their own Depop shops they've got eBay shops they're using the internet to kind of sell these kind of thrift pieces back then I, I feel like it was it wasn't as much of a badge of honor as it maybe is now and I feel like when I was younger it was always hand-me-downs from my sister um or you know friends of the family or whatever that luckily I had quite a lot of friends um and the family with kids around the same age maybe a bit older so you'd get kind of the hand downs from them and that kind of stuff but then also charity shops like my mum used to you know go to charity shops that were away from where I lived because she didn't want me to be wearing something that someone in my class at school had donated and gone oh that's my dress you know and people she didn't want people to know necessarily that that's where we'd got stuff um, and like nowadays she doesn't give a shit she loves it like she one of her main hobbies is like go into charity shops she'll be looking for like really good quality like so she loves like um loves like a jumper like a really good quality jumper or a nice designer piece and she'll find things that are maybe you know have a little hole in or they're not completely perfect they need the buttons redoing she'll take it she'll do it up she'll wear it a few times and then she'll pop it back online put it back in a charity shop or you know sell it on and she kind of you know now that she's retired they maybe don't have as much money as when they were both working as well but I think it's just so ingrained in them now that she's like loves just loves it you know it's, it's not like a necessity necessarily but she you get to I think it's that quality thing isn't it like you could you could spend the same amount of money in a charity shop and buy five things and then you could you know even even a cheap fast fashion shop a lot of the time it's still cheaper to go to a charity shop for the for the quality alone you know you could still get you know a t-shirt let's say in primax two pounds you could buy a two pound t-shirt in a charity shop nine times out of ten the t-shirts in the charity shop they've been get they've been around the ringer a few times you know what I mean they've they've already lived through a certain amount and they've still got plenty of wear left in them whereas Primark you're going to wear it once you're going to wash it and it's going to fall apart you know what I mean lose all the shape and that kind of thing so there's definitely a stigma well there was a stigma with maybe shopping a bit cheaper but I do think like say the quality of what's been donated has improved because people can see there's a value in that and the charity shops sort of 
sort of advertise that as well that they have these pieces and you know what the good bits are they're always in the window they're always at the front and you're yeah. like whoa there's yeah, some yeah, designer yeah. in this shop that's insane um, and yeah, yeah. so it is good to feel like you can get a piece of that for mm. a cheaper price and I think yeah. it's also good like you say to to have that buzz about buying it and then you I know my sister rang me a few weeks ago because she'd gone to a kilo sale and she did a whole video for me about how much she bought for like 50 pounds and there's I think she said there was about 12 things or something it worked out about four pound a thing and she'd mm-hmm. bought so much she bought like converse she bought whistles dresses there was it Amazing. was insane and it's just so you get so much more for money so much better quality for your money and then mm-hmm. you are I think from getting it from that source you are ingrained to pass that on as well yeah like you say when you're done well, with it that's it in terms of like charity shop stuff I think the problem is is you know a lot of the kind of way that people consume fashion these days is they want something they buy it they wear it once and then they either you know throw it away or it breaks or it doesn't it doesn't work anymore and I feel like with with charity shopping it's it's multifaceted the reasons why it's a good thing because not only it's so I will quite often buy something and then when I don't want it anymore then I always put it back in the charity shop and it's because someone else can then buy that you know one the charity have had the money the first time I bought it then they're getting it as a donation so they for a second time you know maybe a different charity they're getting the money that's going someone else is someone else who's looking for it finds it and it finds a new home and it's a nice thing um so I think there's definitely um and I think especially, you know, so the podcast that we both mentioned that we listened to um, really shone a light about what happens to a lot of these kind of greenwashing kind of buyback schemes um, and where those clothes actually end up. So I think one of the ones they mentioned was H&M. What was, it? was it H&M was one of them where they take a certain amount of clothes back mm-hmm. and it's like where it actually goes. It's actually you think you're doing the right thing as a consumer, but actually you're really not, you know. The thing as well with the H&M scheme, I remember, I don't know if they still do it, but at a point there was, they paid you like £5 per kilo or something. So then mm-hmm. the consumers having more initiative, uh, they feel like they're getting more back from donating it to them rather than taking it to the charity shop for free, mm. which is the, yeah. the negative thing. So I think when you start, I mean, I've ha- you obviously have your wardrobe sorts every now and again, like we all do. Um, and then I'll make maybe a bag I'm going to sell on eBay or wherever I try to get rid of myself a bag that I'm like oh I don't know if what people would pay for this is probably not worth selling that can go in charity and then maybe like old pajamas things that I know no one would really buy in charity even they're in the food not food they're in the fabric like recycle pile but then now I'm like well is there a better way to do that I don't really know if I should be sending it to the recycling wet route because I know I know what you mean and I think it's 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 a minefield isn't it as a a, a kind of living in the first world as we do is you think you try and do the right thing it turns out it's not the right thing but you it's not it's not your fault that you've been misled to think that it is the right thing and it's the same with like normal recycling isn't it you know the amount of times you think oh I'm doing the right thing sorting all my things out putting my things in the separate bins um, (laughs) and then it's just going to Asia and it's going to get burnt anyway and then it's all going to get you know it's awful and I think you know there are different things that you can do so like one thing I again another thing that I got off my mum was um 
why buy things like rags and stuff and cloths to clean your kitchen just use your old clothes if they're if they're like if they're literally at a point where you don't think they're good enough to go to a charity shop and you don't you know those recycle pile things I literally never buy kitchen cloths I literally just cut up old clothes and I just use them and That's you know so it's like, yeah yeah cheeky cheeky tip there for you yeah Whoa. like so maybe like work wiping down your work tops and then you just yeah. use and then you water, use them again yeah yeah just keep using them oh. until they're absolutely i know That's <laughs> it's way cheaper as well it's like i you know that was one thing i did over lockdown full stop and again it, it kind of goes away from fast fashion but i basically went over all of my cleaning products and was like i'm going to make more eco choices and mm -hmm. um I just it's you know when you think when you go to like B&M or somewhere and they've got all these like like microfiber cloths and all these kind of things they're all going to go in landfill eventually as well aren't they so you're just basically you're buying something to clean with when you already have things that you could use so yeah that that's one thing you could do with them really good for like things like old pants like knickers because they you, you, like you literally can't do anything with them can you then <laughs> where are they going <laughs> That's a good point. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I was like, I'll just write that down my old knickers. <laughs> just put them up. No one will ever know. It's fine. But I'm definitely, that is a good idea because I have, I do, I don't buy throwaway cloths anymore. I don't buy scours, nothing like that. I am using yeah. the microfiber ones, like you said, but I did actually already have them from before. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't yeah. go out my way to get any, but. Oh, yeah, don't, like, that's the thing. Don't just throw stuff away to be like, to. that's the whole point of like, people I think sometimes you get caught up with them. Oh, I've got to be so eco. I've got to buy all these things. I've got to do it this way. Mm -hmm. When actually a lot of it, you know, if you already, a lot of it is like not wasting. If you already have that thing, don't throw it away to buy a more eco version. Use it till it's absolutely on its ass and it's dead. And then, you know, next time you need to rebuy things, then make different choices then. But I think, I think people sometimes can get caught up in the idea of I need to do everything now and I need to be perfect all the time. And a lot of the time it's like, you know, actually stop and think about what you're doing here and, and the best way to approach this, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like going along this topic and the fact that we both of us didn't really understand what happened to our the clothes after we donated it to Baby Recycled has really like opened our eyes to to the process and I think that that's why I really want to discuss it in the podcast today is that because we've just learned that and it's new to us how many other people aren't aware of it and it all came to light because of Black Friday and I think there always is this thing where it's like whatever's happening now becomes a big news story a big thing and it's in the media and then it'll go away again yeah but it's it's not a thing that's new it's always happening so I was, there was a few things so the podcast that we both listened to was called all the small things and it's it's a really I think they go through a lot of topics to do with the planet and things like that I haven't listened to any of the episodes though but it was really insightful um they interviewed a lady from the R foundation who uh, about raising awareness about the fashion waste crisis which like you say isn't always it's always them going in on the big fashion brands about how they treat the workers but then mm. you see hear a lot about that and that's also really negative and you've got to be careful and things are changing but with the waste that also is something that's kept in the background and sort of no one really wants to take responsibility for it so mm. when they said on on the podcast that so a lot of things goes to Ghana to their capital in Accra and they are sending from the UK Australia Europe 15 million used garments a week 
like a week that's insane when you put it in like you think oh right a year yeah that that's not that's all right but if it's a week it just Mm -hmm. really makes you think like how is this happening if we're thinking we're doing the right thing as well and they're ending Mm -hmm. up in some beach or in some market in Ghana just to be disposed of are there I mean I think that the aim of what they do is the people in Ghana try and buy the things yeah but obviously whoever's took that there has already got the good stuff out and they've took yeah, that part, and then they're well, like that's it. Have the rubbish yeah because is it that's it you're leaving with them there's like absolute crap that no one actually needs um mm-hmm. and then no one actually wants and it's like you know this is the the, the, the problem is it so it's all all about quality and i think the thing is if you and you yeah I think it's just it's just so difficult isn't it because you have you're basically we think we're doing such a good thing of being like oh here this is going somewhere and it's going to you know oh these other people are going to get these garments and that'll really be good you know it's a nice charitable thing to do it's good for the planet it's reusing things but it's not all you're basically doing is going line in someone's pockets on the way to Ghana where they take all the good stuff out and then resell it how they want and then you're just basically leaving these poor people in Ghana the the only opportunity they have is to buy basically they're buying these bales of clothes with the hope that they'll find a few things in there that they can either sell on or reuse or whatever but they're not they're basically paying to then have our rubbish to then get rid of and like Mm -hmm. you know a lot of it gets burnt doesn't it and then the idea of all of those kind of acrid you know plastics that are in clothes getting burnt and that going into the atmosphere it's just it's just awful Mm -hmm. um I mean the thing is it goes both ways because I think with this this example is you know a lot of this stuff is getting burned because it's it's low quality it's it's crap like it you know there's no use for it it's it's been worn once it's served its purpose and it's it literally then gets burned but then I think that isn't just something that, that one of the fast fashion um that's not just a trope for, for fast fashion I think you've got to look at companies like Burberry who a few years ago got done for 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 burning like I think it was something like 60 million pounds or some some huge amount of their own stock just so that it couldn't leak through to the um you know so they didn't have to put it on sale so it didn't get into the second hand um you know market because they didn't want to devalue their brand and I'm just like that is that is so insane like you're literally making too much stock which you're then so you're, you're putting the money and the materials in to make the stock which you then they haven't sold and so you burn it so no one can have it and then you're you're literally burning your own profits because you don't want to devalue your brand it's like mm-hmm. just get off your fucking high horse <laughs> and just insane. think about it is insane that's it and it's just like you know they're going to be like what well, a british brand and oh it's more expensive because you're paying for and actually it's it's all just a nonsense and it's the same with you know like any it's it's fundamentally broken any system where the surplus that you have is either burnt because you don't want other people to have it or it's burnt because it's no good you know what I mean just don't make so much in the first place that's the problem isn't it that's the problem with all of these things it's just it's too much yeah the quantities yeah. are always ridiculous and it's that puts extra pressure on the factories they only want to take the really big orders because they know that's where the money is um, but then they get pushed for the price because they're like, oh, well, if you make such a bulk order, then you can lower the cost price. So it's always the, the people who finish last are always the, 
garment makers and those that are having to deal with it at the end the end well the end user basically because like you say they're receiving these bales they're trying to I think it was really interesting when I heard about them um, wanting to sort of upcycle them by changing them into something else like instead of it being a top make it into like curtains or something Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. I thought was really like inventive and I think that when I looked into the foundation on their website they actually have universities and courses where they try and train people in, and improve their sewing skills so they're giving them more of a, a like way of making money and I think that they do and I think it's mm. difficult when you think if we didn't have this system what would they do instead do they will they mm. need our waste to make a living even if sometimes they don't get what they what they paid for so I think he did mention that they can end up in debt they go to the bank and get loans to buy these these bales of fabric or clothes and they don't know if it's going to make them the money back and then it's obviously an endless cycle for them so arguably it can surely there's a better way than that for them to make a living the, pro- the problem is is and this is quite um quite an interesting thing that I heard on the John Richardson and the Future Knots podcast did an episode on on fashion and um one of the things that they mentioned in there is a similar thing um about basically the anonymity of the supply chain is what makes it really difficult for the garment workers and so the example that they used is slightly different it's basically in India since over the last, I can't remember how many years it is, but basically 40,000 farmers in India, cotton farmers, have committed suicide over the, uh, I don't know how many years it was exactly, but, you know, a, a lot of deaths caused by people, farmers who basically get loans from loan sharks to use their, um, you know, to, to grow a cotton crop. And then if the crop fails, for whatever reason, they then are stuck because they haven't got a product to sell and actually it would be the the problem is is a lot of supply chains are like a lot of these vendors are unwilling to tell people where their supply chains come from Mm -hmm. because if they because they're saying oh well if I tell you then you know my competitors might start you know get onto my contacts it's it's basically it's business secrets all this kind of thing Mm -hmm. whereas if things were a little bit more transparent and you were to have for example you know Marks and Spencer's had signed up a contract with one of these Indian cotton farmers to say okay well I'll have your next three years of um you know your next three years of your cotton um crop that's great um but then the problem is is if you don't have that security of, of that farmer being able to go to the the bank and say look I've got a legitimate contract with marks and spencers i've got three years lined up they can't get any insurance so it by not having that transparency they can't they can't have they can't get insurance on things and i suppose it's probably similar thing with this with this bail thing is it's it's complete look of the draw you know it's it's basically paying to get these bales of fabric and actually being like well there might not be anything in there um and then i've just lost a load more money and then i have to get rid of it as well and it's it's terrible really it's just I think that's the thing people just don't want to open up and be honest and and you see it like all the time look at um you know brands like uh was it sweaty betty or was it lululemon it was one of those two brands and they got in trouble for basically despite being you know seen as quite an eco and a quite you know 
good brand in terms of its ethics their supply chain was was led all the way back to a load of sweatshops and they genuinely didn't know about that until mm -hmm. it was you know it came out in the press and it's just you know how can you if the people who are selling it don't even know how are you supposed to know as a consumer and, and what to you know engage with and what's helpful and what isn't yeah I mean it's definitely something where the brands are very far removed from the actual supply chain because if you're going right back to where the cotton comes from I don't think the mill might know where the, the cotton comes from the mill reports to the factory that's ordered the fabric from them the fabric yeah. the factory reports to the like supplier that the brand works with so you've got at least mm -hmm. five steps there until you get to the actual brand and I know because mm -hmm. I work I work in fashion as well that the wherever this farmer is who's selling the the raw materials I don't know his situation I asked for no. BCI cotton which is the organic cotton we're told we've been sold it we're told there's a shortage we're told there's water issues it's a drought but then you don't actually know how this affects them, how what no. they're what anyone's doing about it. It's so hard to get that kind of accountability. And unless a brand actually really wants to invest in that and then cut out a lot of this middlemen situation. Because I know as well I've been looking at like you say, with going back to the conversation about burning waste and all the plastic and toxicity mm -hmm. on the tombs, um, we're trying to make it more recycled. So then when it maybe more biodegradable but then still a lot of the recycled stuff is recycled plastic bottles which is just mm. reusing bottles you already have so you're not creating more plastic but the biodegrading of that is still the same as it would have been whether it was just going straight to landfill so yeah, yeah. it does it is sort of that that is a very more greenwashing attitude as well but even mm. when I was looking into the recycled side they the traceability of that's really difficult because you're trying to find yeah. out what these bottles some of them they just make a bottle to turn it into a garment like they haven't even recycled it they'll just make a new bottle and you're like well that's defeating the object of what we're trying to do here mm -hmm. so it is and and like you say it is still us as a consumer who don't even know what's going on who feels the effects of that and that we're putting the system that we have to make an informed decision which is really difficult so i think but looking into this and thinking, do we want to, basically it stands with what we buy and where that goes. So we have to make informed decisions about where we're buying our product from, the ethics of that company. And if we're going to, we're buying it for the right reasons. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot I think you need to unpack in terms of, you know, I feel like I don't want to be coming in and saying, oh, yeah, well, you know, everything's fine as long as you just buy vintage or as long as you just buy this. And, you know, I think it's knowing what's manageable for you as an individual as well, because I think ultimately the most sustainable thing you can do is not buy clothes at all. Mm -hmm. Is to just say, well, the most sustainable wardrobe I've got is the one that I already own. Like, let's, you know, that's if you get back down to basics, it is you just buy less. And, yeah, you can obviously do things like buying things from different sources um that are more sustainable and more ethical but at the same time it is difficult because i think a lot of it, it needs to kind of come back to that i suppose strip back to the actual culture of why we feel the need to buy things as well you know um and i think you know i suppose fashion is a really difficult one because i think with something like food or you know technology the use for that is you know you have to eat every day but you can kind of you know you can make choices 
to, to buy local it's kind of easier to do that with technology yes with things like iphones people always want the next one and there's a whole lot of issues with with technology but largely you're more likely to buy something and use it for a prolonged period you know aren't you so i suppose the, the difficulty with fashion is by its very um nature it is about the next be best thing the next thing in fashion isn't it it's the next this year's fashion this is a trend you know that's the whole point of what trends are it's what's big in the moment and that's going to change you know and I think it's it's maybe about thinking about resetting that attitude of thinking if I'm going to buy something I don't want to buy it because it's the next best thing or I don't need this because I need to fit in with everyone else it's more thinking again those kind of statement pieces or those things that you are going to wear again and again um and I suppose just resetting it and thinking, do I, do I actually need this? What, you know, take a step. Am I, how is this going to make me feel? How many times are going to, people always say that, you know, try and think about how many times you're going to wear something. And if you're not going to wear it more than like, I can't even remember what the number is, but I think it's like, if you're not going to wear something 30 times, don't buy it. And I try and go by that rule really. Um, just because I think you, you just need to check yourself a bit sometimes, don't you? In terms of, you know it's it's no more sustainable to go and you know go to a load of vintage shops and buy something new every week if you're not going to wear it because you're just mm -hmm. stockpiling you're just hoarding it it's like sat on it like smaug the dragon on your big gold <laughs> gold pile of like vintage clothes so I think it is about you know have that attitude as well I think is something that needs to to shift mm -hmm. I think it's yeah. probably worse than it ever has been now just because of things like social media mm -hmm. and the way that we've digest what we see in the world around us you know yeah and there is really hard to sort of separate yourself from that kind of thing when you see a celebrity in the next new thing or an influencer and you're just like oh I wish I looked like that I want that outfit and I know from I did work at Boohoo for a short time and it's a very reactive environment the lead time is about three weeks and that's from initially seeing a photo on Instagram of someone wearing something and then taking that to the factory and then making it and then getting it into the UK like that's how fast that's it has so to be short. I know it's that's insane I mean that. a lot of that stuff would be made in Leicester so I mean in terms of carbon footprint it's not as bad but then the treatment of the staff and the employees in Leicester is not never been good they've always had a bad reputation for how they how they're treated and Boohoo always sort of just like displaces that responsibility back onto their supply chain that they didn't know about it that the suppliers is working with that mm -hmm. factory and it is they I mean there's fines maybe but they can afford a fine they're not bothered it doesn't there's no government accountability for these kind of things and that is one of the things that's difficult that I mean obviously we have national living wage in the UK but it's the the place that's making the clothes that gets shut down it's not the supplier it's not the fa the brand at the end it's the factory yeah. itself that suffers even more that they need the money they're taking the work because they've got nothing if they don't take that low price point someone else will yeah. so they're just pushed to such a small margin that they just have to accept it and that's really difficult and in terms of why consumers want to get into that and are willing to to go down that route is because of the social media pressure the pressure to look good the pressure to not pay, post a picture of the same outfit twice I mean I've maybe been through that stage as well but I know now at the moment I've got a wardrobe that's more sustainable and 
my Christmas dresses obviously only come out once a year and they're in their own section and they're ready to go (laughs) it is very much a mentality thing and you have to I think the cost per wear thing is really important especially if you're investing in something which you feel as if you're paying a bit more it's being sourced more ethically you can read more about the company and how they they got that garment and that you feel like you're doing a good deed by investing it and then you're like oh well it might cost me like 50 pounds but if I'm gonna wear it like 20 times I'm getting the cost per wear means it's worth that investment so I think it's definitely an attitude thing but also not feeling like if you can't afford to have the luxury to make that decision if you need to buy clothes that are at a lower price point then that's that's okay it's maybe how you decide to what you do with that after you finish with it that you also need to consider yeah I think also there's something to be said as well for uh, you know um the accessibility of you know people of all different shapes and sizes it is more difficult in terms of shopping at a charity shop if and I can see this why with like for kids clothes it's not always going to be ideal because it is it is opportune isn't it so it's dependent on the stuff that you need being in your size being what you're looking for and that's not always the case um and so quite a lot of the time I literally I've, I've had like multiple friends of mine who've been like can you just take me charity shopping because I don't know how you do it because I never find anything or how do you um you know how do you get the, how do you get parkings and stuff on you but how do you do it um and unfortunately the answer to that is it takes time you literally have to rummage you have to go through you know like I went to um to Brighton with my friend Laura um who is plant-based piggy on Instagram um and we went on a little girls trip to Brighton and I I swear we must have spent like in terms of hours probably about 10 to 12 hours just rifling through all the stuff in the charity shops because you never know what you're going to get you know you never know whether that one thing that you wanted is for me I get a bit of a like it's probably a bit like gambling isn't it it's a bit like you get a bit of a weird endorphin rush of being like looking for bargains am I going to find the thing that I want and then when you do you get that kind of like again that dopamine hit of being like oh sweet this is a great thing and you know I really want this it's really exciting um but you do have to spend the time you've got to painstakingly go through the rails and I, I think sometimes you know yeah it's I mean the problem I find is that I own I can I'm a size seven shoe and I can only ever if there's a shoe that I like in a charity shop I can guarantee it'll always be a size five and it's because size five is the most popular size this is five and six are like the the standard sizes and obviously if you are you know at the bottom or top end of, of what's kind of you know the the national average you are going to struggle more to find those things and that in in that sense I've seen some really great things pop up, like more size inclusive clothes swaps and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Cause I think there definitely was a time you'd go to a clothes swap and if you didn't fit into what the kind of normal kind of beauty standards would be of, you know, I suppose your, your kind of average size is, it's more difficult to to find stuff and you'd probably go and you wouldn't come away with anything because you wouldn't have anything that would fit you. So I think there's it's great that there are some more of these things that are a bit more size inclusive that are kicking off really. Um, And I think, again, there should be more of a push for that. Again, I think this is the other thing is more things like charity shops and vintage shops utilising the internet for good to widen their pool of what they can get. Like, you know, I follow like a few, um, you know, vintage shops on Instagram or on they've got eBay shops or again, a lot of charity shops have got Depop shops now and that you're basically, you know, the people who want those garments or the, you know, have the 
are the right size for those garments it you're, you're opening up a whole new opportunity instead of people who are just walking into your shop to have a rummage do you know what i mean so i think that's that's, there are different things yeah you can take it for granted when you do find things and you're like oh it's easy i always buy stuff but like you say if it's not people might be like petite tall bigger bigger smaller and they can't find what they're actually looking for i can see like definitely why they would struggle and i think there is Mm. a knack to it and like you say you have to donate a lot of time to get in those goods but i mean it it is nice to go back to what we said before when um you get a hit, maybe that dopamine hit from buying something fast fashion. The pa- I love a parcel coming. I'm not gonna lie, I love knowing there's a parcel <laughs> coming. And but then you get that from going to a charity shop, and you're like, oh, I've donated to charity as well as getting this yeah. great item that I'm going to like wear and love. So it's yeah. like a double-edged, great good sword. <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly. And again, it kind of comes back to what we, you know, we started with. If someone says, oh, I really like that, where did you get it? And you get it from a charity shop. You get that hit as well. And again, I think that's why it's nice when people are like, oh, can you take me charity shopping? Because I always really like what you buy. And you kind of think, actually, that's reset and reframed maybe someone's perceptions about what it's, you know, what charity shop clothes are like. Because people think, mm-hmm. oh, they're going to be dirty. They're going to be used. They're not going to be nice. And it's like, I think it's these days because fashion is a bit more diverse in terms of, I think especially with like street style, I'm not necessarily talking about on, you know, catwalks and collections and fashion week and all that stuff. That's always going to be the way that it is. Um, and that is always going to be, be, you know, what's on trend at that point. But I think street style these days is so much more of a mix. Um, you know, the students of today, you know, again, you just see it by the amount of people use Depop and stuff. And you see these, these Depop stores that have got loads of like, they'll just have a whole section of like crazy shirts or like shell suit jackets or great for festival wear. And that's what people want. They want something that is a bit niche and a bit out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and for people, you know, yeah, it's just, it's just a much better thing, I think. Um, and it's like, and it, I, I think it's going to make me sound really old now, but I think the youth of today, I think are so much more switched on about so many more of these things. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it makes me, that's, that, that's when that, makes me feel like I haven't lost hope completely you know sometimes when you think the generation maybe a little bit below us who are maybe in their teens now they are making these kind of more sound choices so on the one hand yeah you do have the terrible fast fashion and buying and it's affordable and people are you know you know this thing where it's like oh it's my birthday so I'm gonna buy this dress that I'm gonna wear once and I'm gonna pose with some balloons with it like you know that's a terrible terrible thing but the rise of Depop is you know speak vintage all those kind of things it speaks for itself really and I think that there is another side of it there that is a good thing I think yeah no I do think that um the younger generations <laughs> are quite like <laughs> with things makes us sound so old I don't like it um no. but even like I was thinking while you're saying that I watched I don't know if you've seen sex education on Netflix and the I way that they're styled it's so yeah. like it's set now but they're like dressed quite like 80s early 90s in their style and it looks it looks so cool and I feel like if you wanted to impersonate that look for anyone watching they'd have to do they'd have to look in thrift mm. stores they'd have to look elsewhere they wouldn't be able to buy that out and about on the high mm. street so even that's like a subliminal hint that it can be cool to dress a bit more different and just find your own style rather than following the crowd as well 
Definitely. And I think also kids are way more switched on as well for things like, because I always think you see like, I don't know. So for example, if like Kate Middleton wears a dress twice, you can bet that the Daily Mail will report on that as a news item. Oh my God, royal person wears dress twice. And it's like, you ju- we just it's just insane, isn't it? You, we just need to basically rewrite the narrative and celebrate that. And so it's something that I always try and, you know, do if I am going to post things about, because I like, you know, I have an Instagram account that's mostly mostly kind of devoted to veganism but sustainable fashion is a huge part of it as well because it's a huge part of me and I think a lot of them go hand in hand um but I think you know I'm always I think it's about using those hashtags as well to be like you know thrifted outfit of the day rewear you know and wear that as a badge of honor and so instead of it being like oh god you know you just need to turn it around reframe it and think I'm proud to be doing this because actually I really like this outfit and I bought it so I'd wear it loads and so you know it's like practice what you preach really um and I've been amazed how many people have have said to me like oh, I would never have thought to go to a charity shop but I actually I really like your outfit or I'd have never thought you'd get that there and just people just don't know and I think it's just preaching the the gospel in it really mm-hmm. at the end of the day I mean what better outfit is than just walking around and wearing it <laughs> At the end of the day, you're yeah, exactly. You're I think I think sometimes people forget how how their freight like their little bubble of influence, you know, they think, oh, I'm never gonna be able to do anything that's gonna change anything. And actually, your little your influence is the main thing that you've got to make changes, mm. you know, and, and kind of how you act and what you do and the energy that you put out into the world, you know, people are gonna pick up on that. And if people it, it's people don't People just want to see, like, oh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. I'm just chatting nonsense. Um, <laughs> no, I feel like you sort of get into the point it is about, I think it's about what you put into the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I started the oh. podcast because I wanted to say that everyone has that voice, that we don't have to do mm-hmm. something massive to make change. And it's even like today, like, if me, me and you having this conversation, me and someone's like, oh, charity shops sound cool. I'm going to go check that out and make that informed decision that they will go do something different out of the norm to their usual clicking and buying yeah. routine that I think is mm. is part of it because I don't want to be preaching this podcast I don't want to say everyone should stop buying everything fast fashion they should only buy recycled clothes they should only go to vintage shops because that's not realistic not everyone could just live the perfect life it just wouldn't happen and also it's mm. overwhelming and you just you're feeding yourself with guilt all the time I mean, you might find it went, like being a vegan. Like, I know from before I changed, I had like leather belts I bought, leather bags I bought. I'm not just gonna throw them away because no. because I'm a vegan now. I'm gonna I'm still going to wear them because they were like vintage, or I had one hand-me-down belt from my mum that she's had for like thirty years. So I'm you still can. It's more wasteful to throw that away than to just reuse yeah. it. Yeah, I think you, there's a certain level of privilege of being able to be like you know I'm going to not have any you know animal products or anything like that touch my skin and I'm going to, I'd rather that animal have died and I'd thrown that in the bin or like not if you have vintage items I'm 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 all right with it I've got some I think when it comes to like leather I, I wouldn't I don't think I'd, I think I would draw the line at fur would never wear fur because I think that's uh, like I just can't I can't even yeah I think that but that, that I think has, has been much more normalized that fur is a bad thing for a very very long time whereas leather is so 
standard and it's so part of you know a huge industries like trainers all those kind of things um shoes but then you know well basically I made a bit of a pact to myself a couple of years ago where I said I wasn't going to buy anything new and I would still buy the things that I wanted but I'd only buy that I wouldn't contribute to that industry anymore so I've got maybe three pairs of Doc Martens which I bought on eBay all leather and all of them were pretty much in brand new condition when I got them but I didn't I'm not putting the money into an industry I'm buying them off second hand or I'm keeping them and I'm as far as I'm concerned I think that's good enough for me um and that's the thing you know I wouldn't necessarily you know advocate buying fast fashion items because as we've said they are, they don't last very long and the quality is bad but at the same time if I see something at a charity shop or on eBay or something and it's like 99p and I want it and it's like I'm going to get a lot of wear out of it I won't necessarily say well I'm not going to buy that because it's originally from Primark but if I'm buying it from a different source, I'm like, it's better me having it and wearing it than it going in landfill. But I wouldn't ever go into Primark and just pick something up off the shelf. You know, whereas if it's like the context where it's presented, if it's online, if it's in a charity shop, I probably would buy it if I liked it, you know. But even so with Primark, I think because of all the stick they got about how they treated their factories and everything they they actually did improve the quality and I found that some things I've bought do last and I don't really believe in throwing things away anyway so I don't feel mm. too guilty to go in there and if I'm feeling a bit like hard of cash I will I will go and buy things so I don't even though it may be cheap and you can buy things online secondhand if you want that trend thing and you want to do it it isn't it isn't unheard of to just do that it's fine we're not going to say it's not no and also I think the other thing is it's I I think that there's so much drama in things like cancel culture these days in terms of driving that everyone has to be perfect at everything all the time and it's like no that like that isn't the way that it is it's it's better having a world full of imperfectly what am I no it's better having a world of people who are imperfect than a few perfect individuals you know everyone was doing their bit but you know it, it every little does help in that in that kind of situation and the thing is it, it shouldn't be a situation where you're afraid to you know you make your own choices about what you want to do at the end of the day and it, it shouldn't be a case of you're you know worried that people are going to come for you if you if you deviate from that slightly and I think that that's that's such an issue with social media as well as it's like on the one hand you've got people who just, just don't care at all and you do have this pro- epidemic of problems with fast fashion and the way that people project themselves but on the other hand I think you get also this kind of the cancer cancer cultural police who will just be jumping on you know people who are trying to do the right thing 80% of the time and I think you know you should just be encouraging people to make small changes um and also it takes a while to bed in you can't just you can't just suddenly go one day you know if you've never shops like that you you know it's one day at a time Rome wasn't built in a day it's building habits as well it's the same as everything it's if you you know when you first start going to the gym or you first start doing something you don't it's a struggle it's getting you know finding out what you like to do you know it's 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 making that into a routine so you do it a certain amount of times and then you get better at it it's like a skill at the end of the day um and I think it's you know people shouldn't be too hard on themselves and blame themselves for for basically what is a horrible huge capitalist agenda which you've literally been force-fed since from the moment that you were born do you know what I mean and and actually breaking out of that is difficult and it's not 
it's not something that you can just do suddenly and you know bam be like oh I'm perfect now and anyone who thinks that they are like that they need to take a look at themselves because for so many of the reasons that we've talked about today it's almost impossible to be a perfect consumer it is impossible it's not even almost it's you know it's you never really truly know even if you think you know there's going to be things that you have no control over so I think you've just got to make the best decisions you can and try not to worry too much about it outside of that really yeah that is a really interesting point actually and I like that you've made that that we are fast fed this culture and when you grow up knowing a certain way that's all you've ever known so breaking out of that mold is sort of breaking out of of your normal and I think even that's so much harder to do than just going with the flow and carrying on with what you've been doing the whole time which I find mm-hmm. is something that you really get questioned about as being a vegan because we are, we were eating meat since we were cavemen we were eating meat for thousands of mm. years like why would you change that we obviously need it and it's like well I took that conscious decision to not do that and if I don't want to that is that is on me and no one really needs to come and contest that and I think a lot of like you should be able to maybe just commit a bit of time to considering your fashion purchases and then it's those people who call you out for you didn't do this you didn't do that so you can't do it at all those are the real yeah. problem causes because like with the, with the leather thing like if you already have it you're going to wear it otherwise it's more wasteful so there are, there's only so much everyone can do and people just need to be able to accept that no one's perfect and that you yourself shouldn't take that pressure on either because you are doing a big thing by by stepping away from the normal and doing yeah. something different but I do think there is a lot of satisfaction in in the vintage shopping the thrift shopping the charity shopping the eBay shopping when you find that yeah. that amazing bargain and you want to shout it through the rooftops and I know that you do a lot of good Instagram posts about like your outfits or what you like your outfit of the day and I think that that's really encouraging to see for other people that it isn't boring and that it is progressive mm-hmm. do you um so I think we could we've talked about a lot of tips today I feel like people can maybe take that on board but do you have anything that you want to leave us with that's like your top tip that if someone was going to take some from this podcast and do this week that they could easily just just do in their everyday life I think it's about maybe being more open-minded about what one you know giving yourself the time and space and being a bit more open-minded about what you're looking for because I think it's quite easy when you're shopping and you you know you've got a picture in your head about what you want and deviating from that then makes it more difficult to then you know if you've got something really specific that you want the likelihood that you're going to find that in a charity shop or whatever is 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 you know because you know what you're looking for you're looking for something and you're kind of shutting off all those avenues of what you're going to find um so I suppose I would say what's well, something that I do quite often people go oh, how do you find these things on eBay for example I will just take away all the specifics of what I'm looking for and I would just say for example I would just put in vintage dress 10 and then spend an hour <laughs> put it in the trawling through and being like making a little short list of things that I like and it really opens up your possibilities I think style wise it really opens up different avenues that you might not have explored before because if you go in with an idea in your head about what you're looking for you, you're not going to find it unless you look at it at the place you've seen it in the first place um so I would say that's that's probably my 
especially that specifically for kind of online shopping is is going with an open mind and be willing to kind of troll and same with charity shopping as well because if you yeah you never know what you're going to get till you're there on the day um but i think it's just about i suppose checking yourself really um because i think it's kind of being mindful taking a step back so before you put all these things in your basket and I'm in that and I have to stop myself doing this all the time even still now if someone's got a sale and did this this weekend um you know I'll go on a website look at a load of clothes put a load of stuff in my basket and then be like I don't need all of this and and it's actually taking the, the time to just stop and think okay what have I got that already serves this purpose already you know is this unique? Is it, is it something that I'm going to wear? Where would I wear it? How many times would I wear it? You know, and really thinking, do I need it? And am I willing to, you know, sometimes if you operate a one in one out policy that can help as well. So if I need this, what am I going to get rid of instead? What am I going to take to the charity shops if I let myself have this? And, and I suppose just being a bit more measured in your approach really. Um, but yeah, I think it's just about re reframing as well um, in terms of, how you want to present yourself and just thinking I mean and now I'm going off on a tangent here now I don't really know what I'm on about <laughs> lost the plot of it yeah I think I think just yeah reframing yeah back to like want versus need yes like simplify it but then you will find there's a lot you don't need and yeah, of it's course. just like I just want it now yeah and I think I don't want to go into this with people thinking oh gosh you know she she obviously you know doesn't have more clothes than she needs that and my partner will tell you is not the case I have a <laughs> rail of clothes in our bedroom that is literally creaking in the middle could snap any day because there's just so <laughs> many clothes hung up on there and like while I accept that that is you know I'm not perfect and I've definitely got a lot of things in there that I maybe don't need I think it's if you're I think it's about if you're going to be if you have more things than you need at least be in a position where you you know where they've come from or they're in a, in a you know come from somewhere that is more, more eco um and actually it's okay you know it's okay to to kind of to again to break out from that kind of capitalist cage mindset that we live in you know and it is difficult I think it's just about the choices that you make be a bit more mindful be a bit more measured with them and um you know also just share sharing culture I think is so important so the idea you know the amount of times that I've bought clothes that I don't want anymore um I'll give them to a friend you know for something or I'll again take them to a charity shop or I'll take them to a clothes shop or sometimes I'll just put them on eBay but for a really really low price just because I'm like at least someone will wear them and then that's better than them going in the bin so I think it's sometimes be being willing to think you know is this going to hold value for me and even if it doesn't is there something I can do with it that's going to bring value to someone else and it's kind of paying that forward as well sometimes um so yeah I think it's just being more mindful and you know why not set yourself a little challenge people do things like veganer every year um people do you know November there's all these kind of things that people do why not for a month or even a year like I, I basically like a couple of this is how this started with me really really being kind of more conscious of it was a couple of years ago as a new year's resolution I was like I'm not going to buy any new clothes this year apart from underwear that underwear is fine um, <laughs> I'm not going to buy any new clothes this year and I'll just challenge myself and it's that idea of you know can I do it and you know you get a satisfaction out of that as well you know setting yourself a challenge and then and then managing it so 
I would just say set set manageable goals with with what you're looking to achieve and then just give it a go just crack on one month clean from buying clothes I really like that because I think like even for my birthday it's just gone I was like right you've definitely got stuff in your wardrobe you don't need to buy anything else and I did I did have stuff I didn't need to get anything and because it's been so long since we've been out anywhere no one would remember it or I was with different people so they don't know I'm just like yeah, yeah. this worked in my favor this <laughs> also people are much more obsessed with themselves than they are you that's the one thing to always remember mm-hmm. in every situation I think is that people don't care about re- really what you do people care about what they do and mm-hmm. therefore things like wearing clothes as much as it's like I think there's that ego element of thinking oh my god someone's going to recognize this dress that I wear they don't fucking care do you know what mm-hmm. I mean they they care what they wear and and then it's just as like how would, would you notice if someone wore the same dress twice unless it was a really really insane like we're talking like Met Gala kind of vibe dress you're probably not going to notice and it's how you are. and that also like that's I suppose another tip while we're there accessorizing is everything so you can have you know a dress or a particular piece that you you know it's what you put with it that changes the whole look and I think just being more open-minded in that respect of, of pairing things together you get way more bang for your buck in terms of your clothes as well yeah that's a good point I'm just wearing a different jacket or different shoes anything like yeah. it just it really yeah. just brings things. Bag. yeah 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 so I feel like we've got lots of tips out of that today it's very nice to talk to you Liz and I hope that you enjoyed our chat about slow fashion fast fashion everything in between and yeah. hopefully you, you feel, I mean you're already inspired by by what you do and otherwise you wouldn't do it but I hope that you got something out of this today as well absolutely no I did and thanks for having me and yeah I think again it's just been really helpful to kind of talk through things and I think sometimes again it reignites that passion doesn't it talking to like-minded individuals and I'm always very keen to not end up in like a bit of an echo chamber and I think that can sometimes happen but at the same time again it's nice to know that there are other people out there who are interested or engaged with that kind of thing um so yeah thanks for having me it's been an absolute blast Oh, I'm so glad that you enjoyed it and it definitely makes me want to go shopping for some vintage get garments now. Just say when, babe. <laughs> I mean, I want to book you in like Before everyone it. else is asking you. Let's go. <laughs> Thank you so much. Maybe I should be a personal shopper. That could be a career, a career that change. Could be a job. A, yeah, definitely. There's a job in that. Dream job. Dream job. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yes, thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Peace out. Bye. I hope you really enjoyed this week's episode of Eco Frico. I know that I learned a lot and really enjoyed my conversation with Liz. I mean, there was a lot going on there, and I feel like it's really good just to have a little, little conclusion after all that conversation. So I've compiled a list of top tips that I've taken from it that I hope would help you in your future endeavours to be more eco-conscious while shopping fashion. So I think obviously we've taken from that to shop vintage, secondhand charity shops, maybe swap clothes with friends or family and resell or donate to charity where possible. Um, Reuse old clothes as rags to clean or decorate is a really handy tip that I hadn't thought of so you can repurpose things as well as reselling instead of throwing them away 
Um, try to make more informed fashion conscious decisions. Um, do you have something in your wardrobe already that you could wear? Something you could repurpose or restyle instead of investing in a new item? Because as Liz said, babe, people probably wouldn't even notice if it was something you'd worn in the past. It's, I think it's a good idea to challenge yourself to try and not buy any new items. As, and then maybe give yourself a little reward for achieving such a goal. And that would be a really good idea for a New Year's resolution for 2022. I think also that it's good to remember that shopping like this is not uncool like it may have seemed a few years ago. It's very on trend and you're really not missing out on anything by shop not shopping mainstream. You can still look on trend by finding amazing items in charity shops or wherever you look. People are probably going to take notice of them more and compliment you for your out there style. <laughs> um, also, don't feel guilty if you can't follow this. We're not creating a Bible. This isn't a be-all, end-all situation. If you can do just a, one or two of the things we've mentioned in today's podcast, then that makes a difference in itself. So there's no pressure. We're just here to give you some information, have a conversation and if you find that helpful i'd really love to hear about it so don't forget to get in touch with me i have my own business page at jess.bakes.vegan.mcr on instagram so please feel free to get in touch there also if you've not already subscribed please subscribe to this podcast we're broadcasting through spotify you can also find us on anchor and there will be lots more coming up in this series of Eco Freeco, and I'm really excited for what's to come. Got some amazing conversations that I'm ready to put to you, and they will be released each Tuesday. So please keep a lookout for them. If you don't want to miss it, then obviously you've clicked subscribe and you won't. So I hope you have an amazing week, and I'll catch you soon. Goodbye. Eco Freeco, Eco 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 E